0: This is my Bible. It is, the word of truth. it is the word of truth. I am. I am. What it says I am. What it says I, am. I can do. I can do what, it says I can. what it says I can. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Not a doubter. And not a doubter. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm not, just a and not just a hearer. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm, obedient to the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. I'm in, the Lord. I'm, in the, Lord. I'm about the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that. I know that. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word, the word of God. Amen. 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 Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. Thank God for our young people. Thank God for sisters Zantel who trained them up in the way that they should go. Amen. And believing that as they get older, they won't depart from it. Amen. All right. If you have your Bibles, uh, if you don't, we'll have a scripture uh, on the screen for you to read. And you'll find this in Luke chapter 4. Verse 12 and 13. And the Bible says, and Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt. Somebody say tempt. Temp. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now look at this. Now when the devil, somebody say the devil. The devil. When the devil had ended every temptation. Somebody say every temptation. So <laughs> That must mean it's a lot of them. I mean that must be every. Not one. Every. So there's a lot of every's in your life that can come at you every day to cause you to try to do something God don't want you to do. Every temptation. Now get this. He departed from him until an appropriate time. So he's waiting on the time to tempt you the next time. You won the battle this morning. But he's looking for some time. This Even during this church service, you came in here with your mind in the right place, but he's looking for an opportune time to tempt you, even though you're sitting right in here. Boy, the devil bold, man. He ain't scared. Just come right in church and tempt for. Him. Well, you know, if he was bold enough to tempt Jesus, definitely he's bold enough to tempt Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to just say good morning to those who are in the house and those who are online. We thank you for being with us today, and I pray that God will provide at least one thought or one nugget that you can take and uh, apply it to your life. So today we're going to begin a little short series, uh, and I'm going to speak from the thought, Triumphing Over Temptation. And I like the way Marcus came up with that little saying that, that little picture there, that little graphics, the way to kind of picture this. Man, getting over temptation is a, is a big gap there. Man, and if you don't have your mind made up, it's a possibility. You got a lot of space you can fall in between before you make it to the other side. And you know, so when we talk about this in triumphing over temptation, temptation is to entice someone to do something wrong by promise or pleasure or gain, of gain. In other words, sometimes we're tempted, some promises are being made, and at the end of the day, we think that there's going to be some gain for us in it or some pleasure in it. It, It's it's a desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. Now, I like definition number three. It says it's a thing, a course of action, that attracts us or tempts us. The definition four says it's allurement towards sin or trials and difficulties for believers. In other words, it's the solicitation to do what is evil. Now, now I know I said a lot of definition there, and, and sometimes these definitions can scare folks. So let me just put you at ease. Everybody get tempted. Everybody struggles with temptation. It's an ongoing battle, and it's the good possibility that before the day is over, you're going to be tempted because you're going to be exposed to something or someone's going to say something or you're going to see something that will cause you to pause and think, should you do that, should you say that, or should you act in a certain way? So temptation is an ongoing battle, and it comes to everyone. No matter whether you're saved and love the Lord with all your heart, Of whether you come to church, not at all, or you're unsaved, because the devil don't really care. His job is to tempt everyone. Now, the good news is that to be tempted is not a sin, because if it was, then Jesus sinned in this passage because he was tempted for 40 days. So obviously being tempted is not a sin. So we're in good company when we are tempted. We only break fellowship when we yield and give in to that. Now look at this. So since tempting, being tempted is not a sin, all things that tempt us are not necessarily sinful. But some things that we do to excess can lead to. So see, last week I was over Miss Marvel House after. Easter for Easter dinner. And a lady sent over something I ain't never tasted before a banana cheesecake. I ain't never had that one though. And the graham cracker crust on that thing about that thick. Now, because I desired that and I was tempted to get some, that was not a sin. But when I got ready to go back for my third <laughs> piece, Something told me now you're approaching gluttony because something that started off is okay, now you finna make it a. I was out in Vegas recently, and you know weed is legal out there. (laughs) They got dispensaries. You can go to the drugstore, just copy something. But I was just walking up and down the strip. And if I was a weed head, I would have been tempted. Because everywhere I turn, I can smell it. I know it smell like, but what I said, I got to keep moving. I, I can't stand here and this smell too long because, Major, if I stand here too long, I could be? And if I stand there too long, temptation could start turn to sin for me. Now, I'm not saying smoking a joint is safe for everybody because it's legal in some place. So if you're doing something legal, I can't say it's safer, But it's for me. So what I'm trying to get you to see is that temptation is lingering out there, all. And if you don't live your life expecting that and knowing that, then it's easy for you to be lured into it because you don't go into every day. You ought to go into every day expecting temptation. You know those of you who drink a little wine. You you know temptation is. You just want some wine with your dinner. But if you know your limit is eight ounces, you can't drink ten. Because now you start losing your mind. Saying things you wouldn't normally. So just having a glass of wine with your fiancé, your husband, your wife, or whatever over your anniversary, nothing wrong with it. But you finish that and you can't even make it upstairs to the bedroom. You have allowed temptation to take you a step too far. You didn't make it across that. Let me go on. Let me go on. Y'all stay with me. Now, so we want you to see temptation from a biblical worldview. And from a biblical worldview, Satan is the tempter. He is the deceiver. He is the chief agent of temptation. Because the Bible says God can tempt no man or woman to do evil. So anytime we are tempted in a way that's going to cause us to go against God's word, it didn't come from God. Ever since Satan was forced out of heaven because of his sin and rebellion, he has been working in the earth, tempting mankind to rebel and live contrary to God's will. And it started way back in the garden. Y'all know the story, right? Genesis chapter 3. We can go to that New Living Translation. I ain't going to be here long. I'm just going to read it. See, temptation is a part of a crafted plan that appeal to our natural desires, and most of the time our sensual nature. In other words, normally we're tempted with things that we can see, we can hear, we can smell, we can taste, and all those things. Those things can be used as instruments of temptation. And what the devil did here in this encounter with Adam and Eve, he tempted them by letting her see something that was pleasing to her. You know, our eyes get us in trouble. Why? It ain't nothing wrong with seeing something that's nice and pretty and beautiful and all that. But it's how you process what you... And the way you process it is going to determine whether or not you yield to the temptation. God ain't got no problem with you seeing something that's tempting you. But as you process it, it because you want to take action on what you... That's when we get in trouble. Amen. I, I mean, I don't know why, Tanya, I, I really had a hard time putting this one together because this ain't the kind that I have to be delicate with this because I have to keep telling y'all it is nothing wrong with being tempted. I didn't come here to beat you out of your temptation, the word is going to speak to your heart. I come here to let you know you're in good company if you're tempted. <laughs> Because Jesus. So, so let your guards down a little bit. I can feel his tension here right now. Say, "What are you headed with this? You know, talking about weed, and you know, talking about the wine, and where is he? Look at this in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. You'll find these words it says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the animals the Lord had made, the Lord God had made. He was shrewd. That means he was crafty, he was cunning. You know, a lot of times with things tempt us and come at us. It don't come at you straight. It come at you in a roundabout. You see, that's what the devil is. He's a manipulator. He's a deceiver. So he's not going to just always hit you straight on with stuff he tempts you. Because if he did, you probably say, I can see that. But a lot of times, temptation is going to be subtle. You can just be having a conversation with somebody. And temptation is in. She was just about to end into a conversation. But you got to be careful who you talk to for a long time you got to listen to what they say to you very carefully because they could be an instrument that the enemy is using. Oh, have mercy. So he was shrewd of all animals. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from, any fruit from the trees in the garden? Now, she knew the answer to that. She says, of course we may eat from the trees in the garden. God didn't put us here and told us we could eat nothing. You know, he know that we need to eat. He created us. So therefore, he provided all that we need in this garden. But he did put one restriction on us. He said, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat of it or even touch it. If you do, you will surely die. Now look what the serpent come and say. Start you to doubt what God say. Anytime someone can get you to start doubting what the word of God say, what God say, you're on the verge of being tempted. And if you don't know how to combat that, they could talk you into something that go against what God says. He says, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you will be like God knowing both good and evil see we get in trouble when we lose sight of who we are and who God is he didn't create us to be like him in every way the devil got kicked out of heaven because he wanted to be like God, he wanted to be God, so therefore he got kicked out of heaven because of that and see the thing that's good about this Cliff when God created them he said it was they could have lived their whole life not ever knowing what evil what make you want to know what evil when God say I created you to be but something on the inside that tempts us that make us want to touch and come in contact with with you. And see, he made them think that, you know, Cliff God is holding something back from you y'all. Know. Now he done gave them everything they want, and all of a sudden, because they couldn't get one little tree, that became the most important tree. They just had to have it. And that's how it is with our kids sometimes. You done gave them everything you can afford to give them. But they always want that thing that you and they walk over all the stuff that you gave them. Have no appreciation for what you've already given because they focus on that one one thing that they don't have. And look, he said in the verse six says the woman was convinced. She saw some. I say saw eyes that the tree was. God shouldn't have never let these eyes distinguish beauty and ugly. He should have just let everything just be kind of just lackadaisical. But somehow our eyes got a way of determining what is beauty. What's well, not? And if we don't know how to handle beauty when we see it with these eyes, then sin can come through your... She thought it was, if it had been an ugly fruit, she wouldn't have. Wouldn't have been enticing. It would have been ugly. Some of you know, a little ugly. You know, probably couldn't have used, you had to use an apple, I guess they say. The Bible not say. But you know, blackberries don't know how to tempt nobody. I mean, you know, you a little stubby. You got to go through all that to get to a blackberry. I walk about black, but an apple. Shiny. Look good. But do I need it? You got access to the pears, the oranges the black bear, the plums. Instead of looking at that one that I don't have, I need to be taking advantage of everything that I... Ah, oh, Lord. They told me when y'all acquired that me, y'all processed I'm going to believe that that's true and that y'all ain't mad at me for talking about temptation. So he said, so when she saw that it was beautiful, and delicious, she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it, and she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Women, women, women. <laughs> I ain't showing this. I ain't showing but I ain't, let me, I'm just going to tell you this like this, like it is. Men have always been subject to listening to what y'all say. Sometimes y'all just say it too long and too often, but we are subject to do what y'all want us to do. Now, God told this man what not to do. and In spite of what God said, Cliff, when his wife said, hey, honey, take a bite. Yes, ma'am. He he should have said, but God said. He forgot all about women, whether y'all realize it or not, you got influence. You may not have all the power you want over your husband, But you definitely got, and if you play your cards right, you can tap into his power because you got, and he will be eating out your, because he's been, why? Y'all think I'm lying. God told Abraham, Abraham, you're going to have a son. All you got to do is be patient and wait on me. You're going to get there. The woman said we're getting old, your loins dried up and everything gone like that. You need to take my handmaid. But God said we don't have a son. He forgot what God said and did with his. So we now got Ishmael running around. Along with Isaac. If only Abraham could have trusted God and listened to God instead of being tempted by his. So you ain't good company. Lot of people that we hold in high esteem, Abraham is called the father. And he got. (laughs) Thank you, Anthony, I needed that. (laughs) So you can see that the enemy made them think that God was stingy, God was strict, God was selfish for withholding something, and they forgot everything that God was already doing. The next time you find yourself feeling sorry for yourself because you don't have something, you ought to pause and look around and see what you do have before you start crying and complaining about what you... Because most of the thing that you don't have that you want, you want it because somebody else... Let me move on. Y'all didn't like that one too much. 1 Chronicles chapter 21. In 1 Chronicles chapter 21 Satan tempted David to take a census of Israel against God's wishes and against wise counsel. Now there was nothing wrong with taking census because they had done done that in the book of Numbers. But at this time God didn't intend for David to take account of how many people he had. But what David got tempted with was with his pride, because now that he was the big dog, he had been conquered all the kingdoms. he wanted to look out and see how great I am. Tell me how many men we got. How big is my army now? And it looked like he was starting to put more faith in his army and the numbers that he had versus the God who had blessed him to be victorious in the things he was doing. Sometimes we can look around and see things that God has blessed us with, and we start trusting those things more than we trust. And Satan will come in and use that very thing against you. Y'all in Chronicles, I said 1 Chronicles, right? Chapter 21, verse 1 through 4, it says Now Satan stood up against Israel, and he moved. Somebody say moved. He moved David to number the people. So the devil can move you too. Cliff, if we're not careful, he'll move us to do some things that God didn't tell us to do. So David said to Joab and to the leaders of the people, go number Israel from Bathsheba to Dan and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. And Joab answered, may the Lord make his people a a hundred times more than they are. He said, May God bless you with more people than you already got. But why do you need to count the ones you already got? He said, but my Lord King, are they not all the Lord's servants? Whether you got 50 or whether you got 1.5 million, they all belong to you. And because they do, then why are you going to tempt God now and go out and count them? Why are you going to do something against God's will by going out and counting when God didn't tell you to count? He says, why does my Lord require this thing? Why should he be a cause of guilt in Israel? David had an opportunity to listen to wise counsel. And I'm going to show you here in a few minutes that Whenever you attempt it, God always gives you a way out. Sometimes when that wise counsel comes, we don't want to hear it because we don't see it as our way So David pulled rank on him. I be the king. I say, You're going to count him. That's what you're going to do. And look what he said. Nevertheless, the king's words prevailed against Joel. Therefore, Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. So he counted the people, came out to be a little bit about 1.5 million, but that didn't make no sense and make no difference because, Fabian, when you read to the end of that chapter, 70,000 people had to die because of David. Because when God got ready to punish him, he gave him three choices. And the choice that he chose caused 70,000 men. Sometimes the choices that we make can have an adverse impact on somebody. When you attempt it, your temptation may go beyond you. So often we fail to look beyond the temptation and see, who is this going to affect if I do this? We only look at it because it's just me, myself, and I. But I'm telling you, a lot of times when you make a decision, you do something that go contrary, it's going to impact more than than you. But if you're selfish and only looking at the fact, well, it ain't going to hurt me that bad. Well, look here. What is it going to do to your children? What is it going to do to other folk around you? You may be all right, but what is it going to do to them? What is it going to do to your family? What is it going to do to your friends? What is it going to do to other people this decision that you're about to make? What is it going to do to them? And because we don't have the the insight to always look ahead and see what it could do to others, we make a decision, even in the midst of wise counsel, we attempt it, Major, and make a bad decision. Wise counsel. God sent it to him, and he refused to listen. So often, God will send people in your life just for to give you some advice at the right time because he's trying to give you a way but he's not going to force you, just like he didn't force Adam and Eve into God, he's not going to force you to take the advice. You're going to have to make the choice. Amen. Now, I said triumphant over temptation. i got to tell you that I'm trying to teach you how to win this thing. Because you're going to be in a tempting situation whether you want to or not. So I'm just trying to teach you what you got to do to try to win. So Jesus wanted to help us out too. When you go to the Matthew chapter 6 and the, what we call the Lord's Prayer, that's a part of that Well, he talks about this and I'm going to look at Matthew chapter 6 and then Matthew chapter 26 verse 40 through 41 to make a couple points. Jesus makes it abundantly clear that one of the ways we can triumph over temptation is to pray. Somebody say pray. Man, you need to add this to your prayer every day. It's supposed to be in there. We say the Lord's Prayer every day is in there you just need to emphasize that sometimes. Say, Lord, leave me not. Don't, don't let nothing come into my life today that's going to. You need to say that every day. I mean, if you skip some other about about day's bread, you can go without a day of bread. You, you can skip that part. If you just want to cut and paste the Lord's Prayer, skip the daily bread. Because y'all ain't missing too many meals right here. And we can go a couple of days. I'm a testimony. You can go a couple days and still be okay. They'll get you some water, some juice, you'll be alright. But you can't go without that temptation. Because it's lingering out there. It's waiting. And Jesus know that. So when he was teaching them to pray, he said, now look, I'm, I started with the part that we like. Verse 11. Give us today the food we need. We hit that one every time. Sometimes we get more food than we need. We're going to give us this day the food we need. And forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And then he says, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us. So that means that it's coming. You may find yourself pinned down, Major it. but if you say, Lord, sometimes I think we just don't want to be God throw you a lifeline and you throw it back. <laughs> Some of y'all just like swimming with sharks. You know what I mean? just—it just, It's who I am. Now, you just attempted tempted to get out there with them. You knew they were dangerous, but you just... And because you was tempted, you get blinded and you walk into situations that you shouldn't. Funny Louis says, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So I mean that every day the evil one is out there trying to tempt you to do something you don't really need to or want to do. And now let me go back and refresh, Kent. I said that all temptation is not necessarily sin. When you leave here, so most of you are gonna to go to lunch. Because you're hungry and want to eat, that is not not sin. But if you know you can't stop, don't go to Golden Corral. Because <laughs> if you know you can't stop before you get in there, you need to go somewhere where they ain't going to bring you but one plate. And you know when it's over, it's over. But if you're struggling with temptation, and you go to Golden Corral, then Jeff, you're going to have to say, Lord, forgive me. I've sinned again. I can't hardly make it to my car. I'm even having a hard time breathing. (laughs) (laughs) So he said, we got to be rescued. And the problem is, is sometimes we don't want to be rescued because we can get ourselves in position, but we can kind of enjoy what is tempting. us, Because it's appealing to our flesh. Now look at this when Jesus had went through his troubling time in prayer, in the garden of Gethsemane, he came back and he found the boys sleeping. And this is what he told Peter and the boys when he came back in verse forty and forty one of chapter 26 of Matthew. He said, then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? And the, most of us, the answer is No. No. I would be willing to go out on the limb, Cliff, and say I don't believe probably less than two percent of the people in here could pray for one hour. Y'all ain't got to get too quiet right there. Just say amen, and and I don't know which whether you're in that two percent or the ninety-eight percent. I just said I would go out on the limb. Because I know flesh don't like to spend that type of time and in intimate with God and pray. Flesh don't like that. Spirit like that, but flesh don't like prayer. Flesh don't like to take time out and, you know, say, I'm finna give God 30 minutes and just talk to him. Flesh don't like that. And so what Jesus is saying, look here, you got to realize if you leave it up to flesh, flesh is never going to want to pray, Wee. And he's saying, now look, if you never get flesh in line up to want to pray and allow spirit and flesh to work in agreement, then you're going to be tempted because you're not using a weapon that can help you with your temptation. All right. Oh, have mercy. I hope this is making sense to somebody. He's, now look what he says, Peter. Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Then he comes back and says, in verse 1, keep watch and pray. Keep what? that I mean, you know, when you live in this life, you can't walk around like you're in a daze and you're in alert. I mean, Jesus is saying, look here, every day you got to wake up and you got to be alert. You can't be sleepwalking in life because if you sleepwalking, the enemy is going to take advantage. Of you you got to stay alert. He says, keep alert. Be aware of all the things that can come around you every day that can tempt you. Don't go into a situation and think that, hey, you know, I'm temptation proof. No, you're not. You gotta go into the situations and say, it's waiting. I just walked in the office. It's waiting. Somebody's just waiting. They, they, they know how I feel about certain things. They just waiting. They they know they know they know where the buttons are. They just and then the minute I go in the office, not realizing they're waiting, they say something, and then all of a sudden, I lose everything I learned on Sunday, or on Monday. Because I yield to the temptation, to just give them what I've, I've, I've been waiting to give them a piece of my mind all week, but then I went into work thinking that ain't nobody going to try me today. They're going to try you every day. Somebody going to try. If they don't, that'll be fine. But don't go in thinking that you ain't gonna be tried. And so when Jesus said, look, man, you gotta watch, you gotta stay alert. If you don't stay alert, then it's easy for you to fall into the trap that the enemy has set. He says, keep watch, and then he come back and reiterate the word, pray. I was always taught that whenever the Bible repeats something, that's like a professor stumping his feet, Finley, on the test, and say, you know, the capital of Alabama is Montgomery. You know, Birmingham is the steel city. Mobile is the city by the bay. But the capital of Alabama is Montgomery. Now, when I come and give you the test, I'm going to have both Mobile and Birmingham on the test. But I'm going to ask you, what is the capital of Alabama? And if you was all fascinated, took all them notes, got Mobile and Birmingham, because you done heard more about Birmingham and you know, you just write, just something on the inside you just feel like. right, like, Birmingham is the right answer. See, that's what your feelings do. <laughs> they make you feel like something that's wrong is right. That wasn't in my notes, y'all. That was not in my notes. So I know somebody needs to understand this. And see, what you got to see is Jesus said, man, you got to understand that you got to watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Then he comes back and make this thing clear. The spirit is willing, but the flesh or the body is weak. There's the part of you that is willing to do what God wants to do, and there's a the part of you that's, that's weak. And I don't care how strong you say it is and all that, you is. And I'm going to show you next week, there's some temptation. You just don't need to do all you can to stand. Sometimes you got to do like Joseph did. You got to take flight, leave your coat there. But you got to get. It ain't time to say, I'm a man, I can handle this. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't handle it. Your flesh ain't gonna let you handle it. You gotta let your spirit say, get out of here. This same David that we just got reading about? Man, he was a repeat offender. I mean, it wasn't like he just got tempted one time and gave up the thing, the temptation major. The boy just had an issue. He got to Psalm 51. He just had issues. I mean, he should have just closed his eyes and went back in the house. That's all he had to do. Close his eyes. If he don't see over there taking a bath, close his eye. Going back in the house. Your ride still be living? A lot of folks wouldn't have to go to battle and his house would have been a whole lot better if he had just closed his eyes. But because he didn't run and separate himself and close his eyes, that mistake caused him a whole lot of trouble in his own household. Whole lot. David was a repeat offender. But then God comes back and say he was the apple of his? Are you talking about the same David I'm reading about God? So what that does, that gives you hope. That whatever you're going through, I guarantee you, none of your rap sheets look like David. And if David was the apple of his eye, surely Major, you got to be the apple in his eye. And so, what I'm trying to get you to see is that don't get alarmed when you get tempted. Just understand you got to watch, you got to stay alert, and you got to pray. And if you pray that every day, you can ask God, God, don't lead me into tempting situations. But if you give in to the weakness that's in you, you're going to fall to the temptation. Because normally temptation comes at your Weaknesses, not your strength. Good news, First Corinthians, last turn. Man, I can't believe I got eight minutes left. So I'm gonna be early today, unless something happened here in First Corinthians, chapter thirteen. And so I want to encourage you with uh, this promise from God. Cliff, you know you talked about promises last couple weeks ago. God make promises to us, and if God make promises to us. We got to believe that we can stand on the promises that God made because He's a promise keeper. And so, and, and although we live in a culture that is filled with moral depravity and, 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 and sin inducing pressures, you know, we got to stand on the promise that God said that, hey, whenever they come at you, Finley, Finley, I'm going to give you a way out. Whenever they come, I don't care. I know you're living in the world. I know everybody doing this, everybody doing that, everybody. I know where you're at what you're going through, but when they come at you, I'm going to give you a, but you got to want to take the way out, but I'm going to promise you one thing, I will always give you a, I think we ought to say we thank God because he thought enough of us to give us a. And look I got a newsflash for some of y'all right here. Look what he said. I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. He says this. The temptations with an S on it. So that means a lot of them. Man, I wish we had time to just have a testimony. Sharing. Let's start, start calling. Call out yours. Call out yours. I bet we'll fill up this wall up here. I mean, we, we're just trying to help somebody get delivered. You know, because you're tempted. I told you, there ain't no sin. So there ain't no sin that somebody know you got a problem with this or that. I'm you're acting on that problem. Wow. Why? The temptations, I'm going to read this, i got to be funny right here. In your life are no different from what others experience. Cliff, you ain't special when it comes to temptation. Everybody else goes through whatever you're going through. So you me. I'm so special, the devil just, no, no, no. Major, your little temptation ain't special. It ain't nothing new. So you ain't got to, I just got this unique temptation that's coming over, no, no, no. Ain't nothing unique about what you're going through. Somebody else done went through it. Jesus went through everything we've been tempted with. I think Brother God the preached about that, but he's, you know, talking about empathy and all that. He kind of tied that in the fact that Jesus can experience went through what we went go through. So don't make yourself special by feeling like I'm the only one that's being tempted. Now, you may be the only one you know of that's giving in to what you're being tempted with. You ain't the only one being. Because when you start believing, I'm the only one being, you know, now you're buying the, well, I'm just human. I'm just human and it happens. Now you need to say, well, it happens to everyone, but I'm going to be the overcomer. It happens to everybody. But he gave me a way out. He told me I was going to be tempted, so now I'm expecting the way out. So I go into the temptation looking for the... He said, now look, the temptations in your life are no different from others, what others experience. And God is... Faithful. Say God is faithful. In other God ain't gonna lie to you. He's not a man that he shouldn't lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. So he's not gonna lie to you, Brother Purdue. He didn't lie to me. He's not lying to you, Brother Wilson. He said God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. What? If I'm going through it, I must get standing. It is not coming at me for me to fall. It's going to come at me so that I can show that God is faithful and that I can stand this. And so because I know it's going to come, it's going to come every day in many different ways, many avenues that it can come at me because that's what the enemy does. He got a strategy that is designed to deceive you any way he can. He's going to come at you. But you got to say God is faithful. He ain't going to allow the enemy to get the upper hand on me to the point that I can't stand what he's trying to put me through. Look at this. Let me make this plain for y'all. Some of y'all got children, right? And whenever your children, if your children, get in a fight, and I believe you're going to be faithful. You ain't going to stand there and watch little Johnny beat your little Johnny down. You just ain't going to stand there and say, well, he should have known how to handle that. I told him that. that no, I'm going to be faithful. If, I'm a, if I ain't going to do nothing else, I'm going to at least pull Johnny off my Johnny. I ain't going to just stand here and let you just beat my Johnny. I'm going to at least snatch you. So he get away. Now, if he can't beat you, he better start running when I get you off of him. Yeah. He better put some distance between you and him. So if he know he can but not, I done got you out of this this time. So now I'm not, and so I don't believe that the Lord will stand by and let the enemy just beat you down, and you say you are a child of God, he's going to give you a way out. He's going to be there. He's going to be faithful. He's going to make sure that you can escape anything that you go through. The Bible said he would not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he didn't say if, Cliff. He didn't say if you're going to be tempted, Cliff. He says when. So that means it's just a matter of time. You may not be tempted right this moment, but by the time you get home, <laughs> some gonna be waiting on the way home. You won't get. So the when is coming. But look at this. He said, now look, when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can in. God always wants you to overcome your temptation. He wants you to triumph over temptation and he's always going to provide you a way to He wouldn't be a loving father if he just let you sit there and have to go through all this and don't give you a way and I'm going to pick up with this next week but I'm going to close with this right now. James said this blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised those who love him. In other words, the crown go to the victor, not the victor. So therefore, if God got a crown for you, friendly, that means he already knows he's given you everything you need to win when you come against temptation. Triumphant over temptation just means, hey, whenever it comes, God expects me to and if I do fall, if I do slip, if I do make a mistake, he gave me a way out to say, Lord, forgive me. You know how? I confess my sin. He's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. What I don't do is fall and then pretend that I am not in the mess that I'm in and act like it's okay to just linger in Hang around in the mess when he said, I done gave you a way out of the mess. Confess your sins. Come back to me. I still love you. You still, my child, I know you're going to be. I challenge any of you to just go through the Bible. You're going to find that the Bible talks more about temptation than to do about money. Talking more about temptation than a whole lot of other things because all through the Bible, every person, every character in the Bible, whether it was written in the Bible or not, were t- some of the people we hold in highest esteem. Solomon, wisest man to ever live, tempted. Thought he could deal with 700 women and 300 concubines. That, that, that temptation drives him to be a fool. The God come to give us wisdom and we'll get tempted and start living like a The wisest man. That ever lived. And he fell into Jesus' own boys got tempted because they were tempted to find out who going to be the greatest. They we're we hanging with you, but we ain't just satisfied hanging with you. We're going to send our mama to talk to you because we're tempted. We, we, we want that seat on your right and your left. Sometimes your ambition can tempt you. Especially when your motives behind what you desire is not pure. So I closed up by saying, hey, look, it's normal. You're a normal, saved, blood bought believer, even though you're going to be tempted before the day's out. Just like I left here last Sunday, didn't realize I was going to walk into that banana. Cheesecake, <laughs> tempted. I lock it up. I'm just going over there to have a nice Miss Marvin invite me to a nice little Easter dinner, Amen. and she had to make a big. issue. Ooh, my neighbor brought this over. It is. Look at this. Is, this thing was heavy too. I mean, <laughs> and what I'm trying to say is that I didn't expect that, but it appealed to my flesh. My spirit was trying to say, one is enough, but flex say it tastes so, and after you done ate three pieces, it don't do you no good to find out it's 2,000. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well go ahead and hit the gym and start working right now when you leave here, and then you going home and sit down and let them settle. You might as well start going and do something to work them. So what I'm trying to get you to see is this. Man, temptation can be so subtle. Come in so many different ways. And God knows that. But all you have to do is look for the way out. He will always give us a way out. And when we fail, just tell him we're sorry. Start over again, try to do better next time. Because we're going to see, Jesus said in this passage, and the word says, he only left him for a season or a time that mean the devil is going to come back at him again? Amen? Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Triumphant over temptation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every head bowed every eye closed. Every head bowed every eye closed. Even if you're online, we just ask that you pray with us at this time. First, we've got several appeals that we want to make. First, we want to appeal for salvation. If you're here or you're online and you've not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, My first appeal is for salvation, so you can give your life to the Lord. Know that he will be there for you. He died for you. He thought you was worth it. So he died before we even got it right. And so I just ask you today, if the Lord is speaking to your heart, please, please, please be obedient and be sensitive to the Spirit of God that is speaking to you. Give your life to the Lord today. You can't go wrong. I believe that will be one of the best choices that you can make in your life, is to give your life over to him and allow him to to grow you and mature you into the things that he would have you to be and do. And so if that is you, please raise your hand. If you're in the house, if you're online, please just give us a a quick iMessage and send an instant message and let us know that uh, you want to give your life to the Lord and we'll definitely make contact with you. You can call us here at the church, 850-862-3899. If that is your desire, please do so at this time. My second appeal is for new members if you're here or you're online and you want to be a part of the striving family and God is speaking to your heart and you want to be a member of this church or this ministry, please raise your hand or please send us that same type information. If you're in the house, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. See no hands raised and if you're online again, please make the call. Then let us go to God in prayer. Eternal God, our Father, we honor you and give you thanks on today. We thank you for this lesson God that you have Uh, presented to us today on temptation, God, and we thank you for revealing to us that it is not a sin when we are tempted, God, but you always will give us a way out. And so therefore, God, we just want to make a vow that we're going to do our very best, God, each and every day, not to yield to the things that come at us in a tempting way. God, even though we realize that all things that tempt us are not evil, but things that tempt us and cause us to go to excess or extremes in any area of our life, could in itself become sinful to us. So God, keep us mindful of those things that subtly come into our lives and and subtly trip us up because that is the design of the enemy. That is his game plan. He's been playing that plan all through the years and God, he's using the same playbook today. And so God, we thank you for making us aware of that again and we just ask that you continue to strengthen us, continue to lead us and guide us and God, we pray that your spirit will keep us alert as we go through this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you will.